Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Monday, June 1st, and that means it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia. I'm your host, Cecilia Sepp. I'm the principal and founder of Rope Tulips. We offer 501c consulting services and association management services. We also assist you with your distinctive projects. My co-host, Agnes Amos Coleman, who's also a consultant with Rope Tulips, can't be with us today. So on behalf of Agnes, I would like to say hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're really pleased to have June Kress, who is an executive transition consultant and coach. She also consults with associations on working with your board of directors effectively. So June, hello, welcome, and would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you so much, Cecilia, for having me. Hi everyone, I'm June Kress. Uh, as Cecilia said, I'm an executive coach and consultant to nonprofit organizations. And I, my consulting work is uh, particularly in the area of executive transitions and all sorts of governance challenges that organizations find themselves in. And my coaching work, uh, I work with aspiring leaders and leaders in a variety of sectors, particularly on workplace performance challenges. Wow. And boy, those are many. <laughs> so I'm so glad they're great consultants like you out there who can help people with those issues. So as we uh, kick off June and our countdown to the first day of summer, you have a great backstory, June, about how you became interested in executive transitions and how you handled your own executive transitions. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I'd be glad to. Well, you you actually referred to the fact that I went through an executive transition myself. And so I learned a lot in the process. I began to think about retirement. I was 68. I had run a nonprofit organization for nearly 14 years. And I was thinking about what might my next chapter be. And so I was really thinking more about refocusment as opposed to retirement. And I began by gathering advice and information from a, a wide variety of, of experts and people that I really respected about consulting and about going back to school for coaching. And, uh, and that's, I think that's the most important takeaway is you don't have to go through this alone. You can get advice from people like me and there are many others out there who can really help you through an executive transition. And I love that word you just used, refocusment. Is that correct? I love it that. Is. I don't think it's a word, but it, it really did kind of fit what I wanted to do, which was to start another chapter. And it's, it's not that I didn't love what I was doing. I did. I had a wonderful experience at this nonprofit, but I thought it was just time to try something else. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have to tell you, though, June, we are famous at uh, chatting with Agnes and Cecilia for making up new words. So thank you for adding to our lexicon with refocusement. I think it's a great way to look at life because another thing that you mentioned which I really love is you have no problem telling people where you are chronologically along the lifeline. And I love that. I'm the same way. I have no problem telling people what my age is. And I think the concept of refocusment is a better one because we're still alive and we're still who we are, no matter where we are on the timeline. And that doesn't mean that some number that somebody picks has to stop us from living and trying new things. And that brings us back to the executive transition story that you have. You were getting ready 
to move on. You decided I've done everything I can do in this position. So can you kind of walk us through some of the steps you took and what some of the questions were you asked yourself? Absolutely. You know, I, I always refer back to the work of William Bridges, who's written a, a lot of really, he's written a number of books about change and transition. And one of the things that I remember from one of his books was he calls it the four P's, which is um, having, a, in terms of going through a transition, the first P is purpose. And I was very clear about my purpose. I wanted to leave myself and the organization in a really good place. And my purpose was to do that and also to find a new chapter that I would, you know, that would be very fulfilling for me. The second thing he talks about is having a picture of how things will look and feel. And I had in my mind, um, you know, what I thought I might be able to do. And I talked to a lot of people to really affirm that I, was, I might be going in the right direction. The third part of this recipe is the idea of a step-by-step -step plan. And I wrote a lot of things down, you know, thinking about it, then writing it down, and then executing it. And then finally, this is my favorite, um, Bridges talks about the idea of part, P-A-R-T, giving other people an opportunity to have a part in your executive transition or in any kind of transition you're going through. And I definitely, uh, worked with a lot of people to make the transition uh, successful. Now, when you were talking with people, did people say to you, oh, you're never going to leave this job or you're not going to retire? Did you, did you get questions like that? Yes. <laughs> when I first, yes, absolutely. Because I've been there a long time and I, 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 I have a kind of a steady um, way of operating. Uh, and um, when I first brought up the idea of retirement, it was two years before I actually left. And everyone said to me, oh, you're never going to retire. I said, I am. And I'm going to really plan out how this is going to work well for the organization and well for me. And, uh, you know, I kept, I kept my board apprised of everything that I was thinking about. I utilized the staff uh, as well as members of the board in terms of recruiting a successor uh, to, to take my position. Um, I got involved with, or I involved a lot of friends to really um, help me go through this. But yes, people, people tended to say, you'll never, you'll never leave. And I was pretty clear that I wanted to leave. And I think what made it easier as I, as I went along was having a plan for what I actually wanted to do. And you said you spent about two years planning an exit strategy from your executive director position. Was that also the time period you used for your plan or did it take you longer to develop your plan for refocusment? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. The, the first, the, I would say that the first year of those two years, a lot of my time was spent in thinking about where does the organization need to be vis-a-vis -vis my leaving in two years. And so, for example, we undertook a very serious strategic plan in that, the beginning of that first year of the two years, because I wanted to make sure that we, there was a good, a good plan for the future uh, to give the organization you know, an opportunity to, to grow and to become an even better version of itself. Um, so a lot of that first year I spent uh, you know, basically doing my job and also just continuing to think about where did I want to be and where did I want the organization to be. The second year, 
was primarily, I remember it like it was yesterday, um, setting up a recruitment process, recruiting members of my board to be on the recruitment committee, getting the staff involved to help me really figure out the best protocol for how we would recruit. Um, and then I backed away very, very affirmatively because I, I wanted to have a voice in, my, in the, the selection of my successor, but I did not want to have a vote in case the decision was not a good decision. And so you, you, I really was very clear about the role that I wanted to play. Um, and then in the spring, because my, my retirement was, was the summer of 2017, that entire spring, I really began to think about, what about me? What am I going to do? And that's when I applied for school. That's when, when I began to really think about what could this consulting practice look like. But all the, all the way, I really focused not simply on myself, but also on the organization, making sure that there was a really good balance um, that we would both we would both be successful. And I love that attitude. And I think that is the proper attitude of a chief staff executive, my opinion. Uh, people might say you can't say somebody's attitude is proper or not, but I think the stewardship of the organization and leaving it in good shape as you exit is so important. And that's a great example you're setting for everyone. So before we run out of time, I want to talk a little bit about your coaching experience. How did you come into also becoming an executive coach? Well, it, uh, it actually started in 2010. I had been at my position for two years and a good friend of mine contacted me and said, would you be willing to help a student at, uh, at the Georgetown coaching program? I had never heard of the program. And my first reaction was, well, what the question was, would you be willing to help this guy by, by being a pro bono um, coaching client? Mm -hmm. Ours, it won't cost you anything. And my first reaction was, why would I need a coach? <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been at my position for two years. I'm doing really well. The organization is doing well. I assumed incorrectly uh, <laughs> that um, coaching was not for me. But this good friend of mine said, why don't you try it? You might like it. And in fact, in 10 hours, this guy who is now a very successful coach in the Midwest, he really got me to look at myself differently. He got me to take myself more seriously. He got me to really kind of reassess the kind of leadership I was providing. And I emerged from that absolutely being convinced that um, coaching is, is, is an enormous benefit to anybody who just wants to become a better version of themselves. And that really was the, my, my first um, contact with coaching. And given it had such a big effect on me, I began to think about, you know, is this something that I could pursue? And that's when I investigated coaching programs all over the country, decided Georgetown was probably the best one and, and went through the application process. And I've never looked back. That's a great story, and I love that. And uh, for our audience, when June and I were talking uh, to prep this episode for you, we were talking about our personal coaching experiences. And uh, I've actually, I'm a big fan of coaching, and, and uh, I've worked with a couple of coaches over the years, and for all the reasons June said, but uh, we were kind of laughing before, because I have the completely had the completely opposite attitude that June did at first. Um, I was like, I, I think I need it. I want to be better. And people would say to me, 
well, what do you need a coach for? <laughs> and I was, well, because, you know, same reason Tiger Woods has one. I Sometimes I got to rebuild my swing. And so it's great to hear a, a story like that from somebody who is now a professional coach to their own journey through that and coming to that realization. So we, we've got about three minutes left, June. So how do you, do you ever tie your coaching into your executive transition work with your clients? Yes, I do. Uh, on occasion, you know, coaching and consulting are really kind of the yin and the yang. They're really the opposite. In, co in consulting, I give advice based on my experience and my expertise. Coaching, the theory is that the, the um, advice is really within the client. And my job is to light the way and really try and, and work with a client to help them um, look at things differently and, and in effect, change their behavior, change the way they operate. But I, um, I, like to, I like to talk about my approach to coaching and consulting, or I should say to coaching as hybrid coaching, because what I really prefer to do is to try initially, as, as I'm coaching someone, to get under the issue, whatever it might be, what is holding someone back from doing whatever they're having a hard time doing? Once you get under it, then I will very purposefully and intentionally offer advice based on my experience and expertise. Because um, I think it's the, the right thing to do if people are really, really wanting tools on how to move forward. But getting underneath the issue is incredibly important because it's the client that really needs to do the hard work. And I, and I really uh, love that you say that, that it's inside the client and you help them find it. It's, it's very similar to what Michelangelo did with his sculpting. The, the sculpture is already in the marble. I just need to release it. So you're, that's, you're like the Michelangelo of executive coaching in a way with that attitude. I love that. So, well, unfortunately, uh, this is such a great topic and you're just a wonderful guest. So thank you for joining us and we'll have to have you back uh, to talk some more. And uh, what is the one thing you'd like our audience to take away today? And then how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I would say the one thing to take away is to, to get advice from other people. You don't have to go this alone. There are a number of really great consultants out there. A lot of advice I got was from Don Tebby, who has literally written a book on executive transitions. So get advice, rely on other people, and you will emerge from this experience uh, in a very joyful way, leaving yourself and your organization in a really good place and onto your next journey, onto your next journey. And then how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow up? I have a website and the address is www.junecrestconsulting. It's all one word, junecrestconsulting.com. And uh, on my website, you will see my approach to consulting, my approach to coaching, and uh, a page about my career. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. And thanks for sharing that. And I'd also just like to build on what June was saying about talking to other people. This is a great time for me to plug the concept of micro mentoring. Go to your friends, go to your colleagues, go to people you look at as mentors and, and let them talk you through things. Let them help you with some advice. Uh, I know I do that a lot. Uh, I have some go-to people that I love to talk to and they help me. So, uh, we also want to say before we go rogue for this week, happy birthday, June. 
today is June's birthday and she is spending part of it with us. So thank you so much and happy birthday to my fellow thank Gemini you. as my birthday is also. Very much. That's so uh, sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, so as I said, we have to go rogue for now, but we'll be back with another episode next week. And on behalf of myself and Agnes, thank you for watching. And uh, just remember what we always say, take 15 minutes and talk to someone because you might learn something. And speaking of learning, if you want to learn more about Rogue Tulips, you can visit us at www.roguetulips.com. We also encourage you to learn more about the 501C League, which is a virtual membership group for everyone in the 501C community and the people who love them. So check them out at the 501Cleague.net. They're also offering a couple of courses this summer you might be interested in. So that's all for this week. I want to thank our guest, June Cruss, Executive Transition Coast, again, for I'm sorry, executive, I'm just going to say this and leave it on camera, guys, because it's it's almost the Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> um, I want to thank our guest, June Cress, who is an executive transition coach and consultant for joining us today. So thanks, June, and bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.